Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap the 2019 IBJJF Heavyweight Greet GP. We'll talk a little bit about the ace submission grappling. Recap episode two, the Shugio Invitational. We're going to preview Fight to Win 123, Polaris 11, and talk a little about this Fuji Super Fight. As always in the show, I'm your host, Maine, with my co-host. Emil. Hey, Emil. I'm doing great, man. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Awesome. You, had a, you came to my house very, very salty today yeah. as we're going to cover the IBJJF GP, so we're going to get into that in a little bit. Well, this is the second time coming to your house this week, and we'll get into that a little bit. Oh, yeah. We actually watched that live. So uh, let's talk about a little news first. Um, big news. Gary Tonin has announced he's going to try to get back into grappling. That's you know? huge. And GrappleFest uh, sent him an invite for an opponent offer. I assume every promotion in the world also did the same thing, but... Uh, GrappleFest puts on some fun-ass matchups. They've had Craig Jones. They've had a bunch of other guys that we like covering. So uh, I am amped to see who, A, if he accepts the offer, and then, B, um, if we can see him potentially grapple again because he's out of ADCC. But that dude brings the fire. Dude, he absolutely. I, I love how game he is. You know, like doing things like, you know, Taking Polaris to town Dude, in one of the most exciting matches that I've seen. You know, we're like, talking about Polaris this week, actually. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, dude, him and his Wagner matches, like, dude, all those matches. Like, there's never a Gary Tona match that you saw that was like, no, it's kind of boring. Like, no, or at least not, not that I remember offhand. He has he enough. Puts it on the line. Yeah, dude, his flying airplane defense to Wagner at ADCC when <laughs> Wagner's trying to take the back, he just runs around like with his hands out and it's oh, we have video now, so you can actually see what I'm doing. Um, yeah, we actually so for the video, so that's that's exciting. Uh, for this week on the video podcast, we actually move things around so it actually is not oriented in a dumbass way yeah so you're not looking at the back of our head the entire time i was like why don't i put the screen we're looking at in front of the camera so at least we're looking towards the camera now and um another way oh other production side stuff for the show uh footlock fire guy on instagram uh who's an audio engineer who runs a fucking hilarious page um basically was like hey your audio is super quiet on your show and uh, i was like yeah we've got complaints about this for about like two years now and he goes if you do x y and z uh, it will fix that and i went oh snap oh. so last week was the first time i've actually been able to fix the audio sweet and it was way better and i was like oh so shout out to him really appreciate the uh, the input on, on the technical side he sent me like, a video like exactly how to do it and hopefully this podcast is now uh significantly louder so it's you know turn your volume all the way up to actually hear it so big shouts to him thank you very much for fixing a production problem that i've had for the past uh, literally two years but yeah, we're excited to see Gary Tonin return to the maps. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. In other big, again, so much non-grappling news. Um, Damian Maya versus Ben Askren has been booked for October 26th. I mean, we're likely to see grappling in that match. So I would hope. If yeah. he turns into K1 Maya, I would be pissed. I want to see, honestly, that's a really exciting match because Damian Maya gets the dude's backs and Ben Askren is a fantastic wrestler, but he has struggled a little bit against submission specialists. We saw him in ADCC struggle a little bit versus Pablo Popovich um, back in 2009, I think. I think I brought this up before, but there's a hilarious video on YouTube of, I think it was Marcelo and and Kron, and uh, they were at it. And in the background, you hear like Pablo Popovich and Ben Askren's name get called up. Oh, yeah, ADCC. 30, 30 seconds later, they're like, Pablo Popovich is the Pablo winner. Popovich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about the Marcelo match with Ben Askren, if you haven't watched it, where he chokes him behind his back in something called a bonanza choke. Oh, and when he visits his school. Yeah, when yeah, Ben yeah. Askren visits his school. And again, no, no, old no. school The ADCC stuff. video is hilarious. Yeah, that like. is great. So um, in other news, uh, Yuri Samoz was out. He had an arm injury. He's out of Kasai and the IBJJF Heavyweight Grand Prix, but he is still in ADCC, though. So he's not, in, he's not pulled out. That makes me nervous, but hey. 
you know yep. hopefully he's he's fully healed and ready to go there's, i want to see him at 100 percent. yeah there's been another round of like adcc changes we'll talk about it probably uh probably the week of adcc either the weigh-in show that we're doing on friday night of adcc so we're doing shows for adcc uh friday night after weigh-ins saturday after day one and sunday after day two and probably hopefully getting on some um Emil and I are going to be there live at ADCC. Um, I got press credential. I'm also doing backstage interviews officially for the ADCC 2019 Instagram page and Grappling Rewind. So that'll be super exciting. Tune into those. Also, a bunch of stuff's going to be on our YouTube page. But we're going to do shows. We'll probably recap like the brackets again, either on that show or on the week before. I'm still not certain like how many guests we're going to have on, like exactly uh, what is going to happen for ADCC. We're still kind of at the planning stages of that. We're also going to get lunch with a bunch of people that are listening to the show. Uh, that Probably that Friday m- afternoon for lunchtime that day too so uh that does it um let's see oh yeah other news so henzo and the house henzo and his brother house are still dealing with that like uh, assault that house did at ibgjf worlds versus flavio almeida and um, uh, henzo was not there and had, not henzo n- sorry henzo has flown his lawyer out to assist house in that legal case and that basically looks like it's going to get finalized october 15th when house can be uh present there in the courtroom they had there's some there's a bunch of stuff happening this week on it it's it's still going on in case you forgot about it yeah anything else to anything else to do on that Mm-mm. All right, so let's see um, what else. All right, we have a YouTube page, and uh, we post a lot of cool new stuff there. We're going to add more content to the YouTube page. This podcast comes out on the YouTube now uh, in video format, so if you listen to the audio and you want to see what we look like when we're talking about and yelling about matches, check Here we us are. out there. Um, and oh, yeah, by the way, uh, subscribe to that and subscribe on any service used for podcasting. It is super helpful, and share it with your friends. I never really say it at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Uh, it is the most helpful thing you can do is if you share it with your friend or share a link to someone that you know that may listen to our show, that is the literally best organic way that we grow the show. Or give us a review too. That helps as well. A little bit. Yeah. There's a bunch of chart stuff happening right now, so reviews don't help as much, but I appreciate the reviews. Um, so let's see. Oh, another news. Uh, Daniel Strauss lifted the Denny Stones in <laughs> Scotland. He's been talking about that. We've been following that for, for a while now. He's been talking about it for probably, uh, I've heard for a couple of years now, and then he finally did it like today. Today is uh, Monday, August 26th. So he posted that this morning. He's like, I did it. And so big props to him. It's a really cool story if you've been following that kind of progression for Daniel Strauss. Anything else in news, Emil? That's it. All right, let's go to the next segment. So moving on to our recap of the 2019 IBJJF Heavyweight Grand Prix. Uh, a lot of different grapplers on this event. A lot of like uh, dropouts and change-ups. So the lineup, the final lineup we got, honestly, was still pretty great. It was Excellent lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, it should have been a marquee card, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it still was a marquee. I think it was a marquee card. I think it was kind of marred by some of the... We're getting to the bitching about the event at the end. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Because we have some uh, some, some significant Got gripes, some gripes yeah. with how it was run and some other stuff. So let's talk about the opening round matchup. Do you want to start with the opening round or we'll start with different yeah, round? Yeah, yeah. All right, so opening round matchup. Jao Gabriel defeating Patrick Gaudio via decision. Take it away, Emil. Yeah, I mean... What we see a lot um, in, I mean, this is true of Nogi in general, but like, I feel like especially in the IBJJF rule set, we see a lot of this like feeling out period. You know, when you have a 10 minutes, there's a lot of this uh, sort of like collar tie slapping exchanges. Yeah. I think we, we talk about fighting. it really frequently in rule set. Like whenever you have a, t- a, a 10 minute match versus a six minute match, the first at minimum, for the most part, two minutes of a matchup 
especially for heavyweight guys, are like a feeling out process. That's right. You're touching, you're feeling, you're boom, you're collar tying, you're breaking, you're going. Maybe you're touching a leg, but really we don't see any demonstrable offense put up by usually anyway, unless someone pulls. Maybe setting some feints up, you know, like trying to get them to react a little bit, something, something, but like you almost never see serious shots like within, you know, the first minute or two. Uh, And that's what we saw. Yeah, we saw pushing back and forth. Um, Giroud is definitely more aggressive on the feet going for takedowns and some reversals. They both have penalties at this point. Um, I think I was talking about this when I had my notes here. I think IBGF for these sort of events, for especially for heavyweight black belts, needs a bigger mat area. Because guys get pushed. This, this is the problem in this match. This is the problem in other matches. This is the problem in like the semifinals matches. Like Guys get pushed out all the time. Yeah. And they circle. They need like They need like a mat area. They need like a where the yellow is on the mat. They need like a warning zone. Yeah. And they need like or like a circle, like the wrestling does. Like there's a circle, and like they need they need a place to get guys to move back in. It's actually like a defined place on the mat that like okay, stop pushing a guy in this direction unless you're actively going for something. You need to circle back in so that there's not constant resets, like weird like penalties of like a guy was fleeing, I was off the mat, like this. There's just it's I don't think. For events like this, for professional events where there's 40 grand on the line for the winner and 10 grand on the line for, like, the not the loser, you need, like, more space for the guys to work or a defined area for them to come back in to begin working, and then you need an out-of-bounds area. Yeah, absolutely. I think going from inbounds to out-of-bounds when the yellow is, like, uh, like, it... There's nothing to contain them when they're sort of getting close to out of bounds. You go from inbounds to out of bounds, and there's like all of this weirdness happens there. It happens really quickly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, Gotta go. Nice body lock. Takedown. Finishes out of bounds. It goes to the decision. And based on the first like two thirds of the match, Rao was more active and gets the decision over like Gadio. Dar's attempt at one point, and yeah, kind of. I yeah. really say it attempt. Like he got his hands there in kind of a position. Right. So next match, Vinicius Freda defeating Luis Panza via one advantage. And yep. No points scored. So I mean, it's at this point, it's you know, it's pulling. Into an armbar from an armbar into a guard. Kind of goes to like a fall down armbar. Yeah, kind of, but it's really it's really a pull. It's a pull. It's yeah, a pull. And you know we see fifty fifty at some point, and um, you know it's it's a lot of tentative kind of like like this entire match was Federa trying to pass Ponza's guard from the over under with the leg on the shoulder, and, and then maybe from a double under. So this is this. That was the match. That was the whole match. Ten-minute match. This brings up something that I'm a little frustrated with because there are matches where people are on both knees attempting an over-under pass without any kind of setup and any kind of speed or, you know, any kind of explosiveness at the black belt level. I can't think of times when that has succeeded. You know, like, it, it does not work against a competitive black belt. No. Like, when we see people passing, it's like fainting one way or another, you chaining. Get, it's Toriandos, it's yeah. standing passes. Like, we don't... I There has to be a, an instance where it's worked, where it's like a guy's on the knees or like yeah, from yeah, that, yeah. the over-under position. I'm sure position. it has happened, but, but it's like, I can't think of it. No, like, I can't think of it, where it's like the guy doesn't... That sort of passing, the sort of passing that Vinicius was doing here is... He's looking for Panza to make a mistake. Right, and that's 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 the only way he gets past is Panza makes a mistake, and also I think to to kill time as well, and it kills a lot of time. Yeah, like and but he's and he's active enough to not like to not get penalties, 
but even but it's it's it, this is a rough match to watch. Yeah, honestly, like I don't have a better way to put this. This was like this was not an action packed match. This is where penalties like should have been flowing. You, know. you need more aggressive penalties. Absolutely. I think if a guy, I think if a guy is sitting and he's like and he's doing enough to not be like racking them up, but it's like he's. This is rough to watch. Yeah. This is jujitsu that does not get me hype to cover jujitsu. Right. It wasn't bad jujitsu. I don't believe both these guys are top level black belts. I don't want to say it's bad jujitsu. It is not exciting to watch jujitsu, and those right. are two different things. Right. And so I want to highlight that, like. I want to make make sure that like I'm not shitting on guys at the top level. Like, oh, it's, it's not bad jujitsu. It's good. It's exactly what you need to do to win at this level. But you need to have a rule set facilitates action because this was a rough match. Yeah, because we had we had a tremendous lineup. Yeah, and you know I understand when you're a competitor, you need to do what you need to do in order to win. Mm-hmm. Obviously. That's the important thing, especially when forty k is on the line. Forty grand, like that's 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 equivalent to winning the absolute in ADCC, right? The most prestigious of prestigious shit in grappling. That's how much money was on the line. So here. it's don't hate the player, hate the game, and the game is like it's. It I couldn't needs, take you seriously as I look at you. At, I, I'm just saying, like, no, you're not wrong. You, you can't blame no, the competitors. Not at all. You can't never get you. You gotta just never blame a competitor uh, for playing a rule set, right? Ever. You just got to look at the rule set and be like, what are we getting out of this? But anyway, so, that's Vinicius enough of that. Vinicius takes it via one advantage. Um, I actually forget how he got the advantage. It might have been on the knee, on the knee bar. No, I forget what. I forget what he, what I he think gets. Pass him. attempt, yeah. Probably pass attempt. So next match, we got Lucas the Hulk Barbosa versus Tim Spriggs. This is probably one of the best matches of the tournament, like from an excitement perspective. Oh, yeah, because we see Barbosa just go completely ham. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I came over for this event. So Maine and I were on the couch watching oh, yeah. this live, and which I think we've only ever watched jujitsu together, like not before the show or like you know in like text. Actually, like sat on your couch or my couch. I think one other time, I think we watched King of Mats, yeah, like the lightweights, and it was the same day that one of the grapple fests was going. I was watching. The, it was was it ACBJJ or was it King of Mats? Yeah, I remember there was. It was a back-to-back thing. Yeah, we watched, and we had two we had two screens up. I yeah. had one screen up on my laptop, and you had something else up, up, and we were watching two events at the same time. It was a grapple fest and something else. So we were watching this with a couple beers, and like I remember being like, ah, oh, you know, this is going to be interesting because Hulk obviously has been stepping up his stand-up game a lot, mm-hmm. and Tim Spriggs and all the TLI guys have a pretty substantial like stand-up games. Yeah, they're, so. they're threatened, especially Nogi, they're threatening in the stand-up. I mean, oh, sorry, in the Gi, too. Yeah. Like, they're threatening in the stand-up. Right. And so that's why I was like, ooh, this matchup could be really good. And then Barbosa just comes out and looks good, gets the takedown, yeah. um, and then they sit in guard for a long, for like four plus minutes yeah. of like Barbosa in Tim Spriggs' closed guard. Yep. And I was like, oh, they're going to do something. Like, what's happening? They're moving. And then all of a sudden, like, Spriggs... Hulk goes Hulk, man. Well, Spriggs opens the guard. Yeah. And I was like, and Hulk starts passing, passing like, and gets around. I was like, oh, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And it's like, but this is also why you don't see guys open the guard up. Because right. at the high level, like in that Nogi, if you're in the closed guard with an aggressive passer like Hulk, it's like, well, what are you going to do? So you're going to try to tech up? Yeah, no. And so he opens the guard and Hulk passes and looks good, goes to like north-south, it's comes around. It's all over from there. It, like, it just Eventually he finishes downhill. in mount. Yeah. And he finishes up 12-0. Yeah. And it's like, a really impressive performance from Hulk. I'm actually super excited to see, like, he looks this good. Nogi Spriggs is also in, in, in Nogi, yeah. Spriggs is also in ADCC. You know, this is, a, this is a really telling match that Barbosa can push a pace and really, like, yeah, like execute against top, a top of a Nogi guy. Yeah. And Spriggs. Just a little bit of margin in there, and he will take it, like, all the way. It was really impressive. Like, literally, open, like, Spriggs didn't do anything wrong. He just literally 
opened the guard, and that was enough for Barbosa to like. And he get, he doesn't pass on his knees. He stands up to pass and get around the legs. I, I want to talk about the size difference here a little bit because okay. we were seeing it. And there was a number of these matchups where there's a substantial size difference. Any so matchup was Joao. Yeah. The format is interesting for this because, like, it's not, it doesn't, it seems like more or less open, but yeah, open they invited, weight. you know. They invited guys that skewed on the heavier side, but it's definitely like an open weight bracket. So there's substantial size difference as well. Yeah. You thought Barbosa was much bigger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what weight class he's in. Actually, I was, I should actually have a list of know what like know what weight class guys sit in, but I don't I don't remember actually right now. Yeah, we've had so much shift recently that I always forget. Like because Barbosa I think was down a weight class recently, and Spriggs I think went up a weight class and moved. Like there's been some shifting between these two guys. I think in the last like probably year. So maybe they were closer in weight than I thought. But I'd see like I Hulk I looked think bigger. Here. He looked bigger, and yeah. I I think of him as competing at a higher weight class. So. Yeah, and Spriggs I, is also like a longer guy, like in a little not like thinner, but like he's definitely like Hulk looked hulky and thicker here, and. Um, Spriggs looked like lankier, mm-hmm. but like still looked big as well. But I think Hulk was bigger. Here. So Hulk takes it away, twelve to nothing. Yeah. Next matchup, we had Cyborg defeating Victor Hugo via four advantages. Uh, Victor pulled here, and even the commentary addressed like towards the end of the match, like, man, that might have not been the right idea. Yeah, I I definitely agree with the commentary there. It just seemed like, particularly the way that the pull was done, it was like pulling almost cyborg into a pass like he was kind of launching immediately into a knee cut and like cyborg was just really active he forces back exposure from hugo i think like twice he gets like multiple advantages for like near passes and for i think he gets two for near passes so he he cyborg gets past the guard but doesn't settle so it's it's pretty damn close like it's like maybe two gets q gets his knee back in yeah 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 like Hugo has a regard, basically. Okay. Like it's it's pretty damn close to a pass. Like I I definitely worth advantages and depending on the ref might have even been worth points at some point. You know, like yeah, it was I just like it was right on the line. I was happy with the advantage scoring. I thought it was more reasonable. I think points would have been a little bit like, mm, it's a little tight for points. But like we get into last week where it's like what really is the back mount with points. Right. Um I thought it was good. Like cyber honestly, I was actually Super impressed. This is Cyber wins this whole event, but I was super impressed with how Cyber looked here. Yeah, like he looked like good. He Especially gamed it well. He against was progressive, young, young new black belt. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, Bane and I during this match were like very tuned in as this being one of the more interesting matches um, of the of the first cool. matches because why. because we wanted to see what happened here because Cyborg has been around forever. Cyborg's definitely an older side. And yeah. like we addressed that and we talked about it last week. Like we were oh by the way, last week we were fucking wrong. We were wrong as shit. I was like, oh Cyborg's probably not gonna take this. All the guys were like, yeah, probably not Cyborg. And then he wins. You're like, well, we don't know anything apparently. Well yeah. I think I think our analysis was reasonable, but like Cyborg like in this whole event showed like he had that extra gear still that he can still go to, you know, and he looked fucking good here. Yeah. Like, repeatedly didn't get scored on, repeatedly almost passing, giving back exposure to Hugo. Like, in the, he was in the, uh, the leg weave a bunch. Like, yeah, absolutely dominant. surprised me. Uh, I was definitely wrong about that. Um, but yeah, it was a great match in that regard. Um, and it was great to see, yeah, exactly what his tank was. And we saw that mm-hmm. in this match. Um, under the semifinals. What, this, was this where the break was? Or was it, yeah, no, this, this was, what, this was the, f- First break. So if you watch this event live, um, I'm sorry for you. 
um, because it was paced really funny. So we watched these matches. Like, oh, cool. This is moving along well. This is awesome. And then they're like, okay, we're going to go to a break. They didn't say how long it was going to be. And then the commentators just left the booth. No, no, didn't left. They cut the audio on the broadcast. Yeah. And then we were like, um, okay. So we didn't know how long we were going like, to sit there and is watch. Is it like a five minute break? Are we give them time to recover? Or are we going to like, what are we doing? So then the camera pans and... They no, it s- doesn't pan. The camera goes to a security camera shot of the gymnasium on the side. And oh, sits, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sits for like two minutes. And I was like, so now we're looking at security cam feed. Or it was, it was like a event camera. Right. Of like a half empty like bleachers and a matted area. Yep. And silence. Not like 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 ambient audio, no audio. Right. And I was Completely like, dead audio. Okay. And then they they switched over to a different camera focused on the mats and We were getting that camera's audio with no commentary. Yeah. So we got whoever was announcing in the PA in like all distorted. Yeah, you know, you got ambient noise from the camera that you were looking at right so it was like of the far back pulled back camera that was looking at the mat right and you were getting audio from the, that camera there was an announcer who was speaking on the pa in the in the auditorium yeah yeah, yeah. that you heard all muffled like could I, barely, I couldn't he i couldn't hear what, what i think he after saying. 15 people walked out or something like that i heard like masters i was like okay so we're announcing something for the masters. so they kept bringing people out and handing them these certificates which again we couldn't read from I read the, names. I read like, I was like, oh, these guys are like tie level black belts. Like, okay. Yeah, but none of the titles or anything were visible. They walked out the women first. Yep. And they walked out the men. Yep. And then two, I still, I still, this finished. So this was 20 minutes. Yeah. Of like this 20 ceremony. minutes of just us being completely confused. As and I'm like, I'm like, on. I don't know what this is. And then we never were, gets addressed. Was this when you were texting Ryan Stark? Yeah. Yeah. This okay. I was texting Stark. Like, yo, it's time. Rock, uh, work. Ryan was at this event. Right. So And I was like, yo, what's Ryan, Ryan had competed in Masters Worlds. And um, so we were we were trying to figure out what the fuck was happening because we're sitting here trying to have a beard, watch this event, and nothing, none of this has been explained. Like, none, nothing at all. I'm like... like so we didn't know how long we we're gonna be. So thankfully, it wraps up in twenty minutes, and then no, not se- thankfully, twenty minutes, man. I that's a that's like that's a long time. That's to a be, long to time be wondering. Yeah, well, we'll see that that pales in comparison to the other break. But like, yeah, it it wraps up twenty minutes later with no no one saying like, hey, this is a this is a ceremony that's gonna take you know twenty minutes or whatever. No information at all. Even commentate it. Like you have, it was just like play B roll. Like, yeah. replay the matches we just watched. Yeah. With, like, intermission, like, something. Something. That was that was strange. Yep. So, we'll bitch later about the next thing that happens. But it was one of the semifinal matchups. Uh, we have Joao Gabriel defeating Vinicius Freda via five advantages. Yeah. You want to take this one away, man? Not really. Freda pulls and Roach almost gets around the guard. Um, almost gets to the back in the first, like, 30 seconds of the match. I think this was one of the fastest, like opening sequences we had of the entire tournament i was like oh shit and like i want to see a big fan of Giroux. like he moves like bouchesha for a, like a bouchesha size guy which is why he gives bouchesha so many problems right honestly like he was the guy that i thought was the, I think, the front runner to take this entire event so when he came out super hard super aggressive and quick i was like okay it is. this yep. makes sense this is why he's in the semifinals like vinicius looked like okay the last match and Joao was like on the last match like i feel like this was in my head with my narrative that i had crafted at this point was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Like, this this looks good. And then he just kind of just 
just runs away with it. Really similar, like pressure passing, leg weave, gets over. You know, he gets the back like twice, but doesn't have hooks either time. Yeah. And he just like, he's just going, he goes to the quarter guard, almost gets to the mount, but like doesn't get the full hooks. Like he gets no points, but he gets in like four different scoring positions where he's like, one hook away or a half hook away or just a little position looks really dominant yep. looks really good man wins by by five advantages yep exactly you know it was a, it was good next match we had at Alberto Cyborg Abreu defeating Lucas Barbosa uh four to four so four oh my god I just this one four points each and then two penalties for Barbosa so Cyborg gets the win on penalties for Barbosa and these penalties were a little funny. Don't talk about the scoring sequences first cuz yeah, Emil let's has do, let's, Emil let's had do that. some choice words about this. So don't be too disparaging when you describe No, no, no. It. I, it's not disparaging. It's just so I remember Stark had said something like he was like, "Yeah, what well, you know, we were sold a grand prix in jiu-jitsu and we got like some above average wrestling, but if we were to talk about it from like a wrestling standpoint like man you can't do that to I, I get it i get they're it but sports. like they're it's different like, sports yo man his gi so, takedowns are terrible it's like well yeah because he's not doing judo like it's jiu-jitsu you gotta have a different stance but like we see hulk and you you this, pointed out here. well my point is that this was this was all takedown so yeah if you know it was like a wrestling match without the like pacing of wrestling so right. it was, i was watching a jiu-jitsu wrestling match which is like Honestly, the action wasn't bad in the match. There were some no, funny th- calls, but you, so, you, so Emil, we were watching this match before we recorded here, and Emil, we were watching this match, and Emil freeze-framed the first moment that Hulk gets a single leg on so, Cyborg. Right, so Hulk gets a single leg. Uh, he gets a very good grip on it. He basically, like, he has his knees bent a little bit, but it's mostly bending from the hips. And the thing that was, I think, particularly driving me crazy... And I feel a little bit saner having her Drysdale kind of like weigh in the, on this as well. But Cyborg was not sprawling, and that that kind of drove me. I was just you know he sprawled in other matches though. He sprawled later in this match. Exactly. Like he and, didn't do it. It wasn't like an issue. We had like some injury. He was like at the beginning of the match. He there was like there was the first two takedowns that Hulk hits. He just bends over. I'm gonna say bend towards him. He just bends over. And just grab Cyborg's leg. Right. And, like, he hits a really nice... The first one, he hits, like, an outside, like, leg trip on the yep, on the, he, on the post leg. He hits the back of the calf with his foot for the takedown. It was a yep. nice takedown. The second one, he goes for almost, like, a knee pick. Yeah, he knee picks the other leg again. It looks really good. Great the finishes. The third time he picks it up, Cyborg, like, starts to address it in a way that doesn't get him taken down again. Right. But it was, like, three times in a row, Hulk just shoots, like, a... Doesn't even shoot. Just bends over and grabs Cyborg's leg. Exactly. And it was, like, a weird... Like, again, this is where I wish that I was higher level and understood more of, like, the metagame there. Because, like, I know Cyborg is really good. And right. he, he was doing something here. And I'm disappointed in myself as an analyst to figure out, like, I can't figure out what he was looking for here. To, like, yeah, maybe he was looking for, like, a, a submission counter or something. I'm, I'm not sure. But he but wasn't, like, he, basketing over for the arm. He just was, like, he just, it was weird. Like, he wasn't, like, sp- for what he did. I didn't know what he was doing because he wasn't doing the stuff that I would have expected him to do if he was going to defend in the way I thought he was going to defend. So what he does do, which is awesome, is he he um, cyborg responds by kicking it up like yeah, fucking he clicks into the higher gear. exactly next gear because because going he into the goes, match I was like 
yo, okay, so Hulk's going to take this like he took it versus Briggs. He's just going to, like, take down, take down, take down. And then Cyborg goes, oh, shit, I'm down 4-0 to zero with no ads, no penalties. Time to kick it up a notch. Right. So it could be that he was just, like, really confident, and clearly it panned out for him. But Cyborg absolutely goes ham. He uh, basically shoots in for a really hard single, mm-hmm. and um, it's, he starts bowling Hulk over, which is not easy to so do this is the match i was like yo like i didn't talk shit last week about cyborg but i was like he still kind of got it like, oh yeah you saw he's quick he started to throw him and he, i forgot this, how quick he was this i i thankfully bane broke down kind of like what the reasoning was behind bane? this main okay uh why so basically cyborg pushes him on this takedown attempt pushes uh, Hulk, Hulk all the way out of the mat and initially you know the, the ref brings him back in gives a penalty to Hulk and gives two points to Cyborg mm-hmm. and I, I was just baffled. I mean, he like, was upset and you were baffled. You were upset. And I was like what, what's that? And I was like okay. And so the, actually I'm really happy because the commentary uh, Drysdale and um, Taylor. Tyler, Tyler Bishop were on commentary and explained okay so because of the way that Hulk went out of bounds because he turned his chest completely out and he went towards the edge of the mat in that orientation so it looked almost like a, a, a running man escape you know which, is, so, which is a completely reasonable escape to do there but he kind of turns a little bit like 15 degrees extra and he flattened he and he, and he basically parallels his chest with the mat to do that and, and I mean he's getting like cyborg is coming with a lot of velocity oh yeah like they're they're basically being like they're flying towards the end of the match so it's not like he turned and then ran off the mat like so i usually have a problem with these sort of things but with the commentary explaining it and then if you look at how the rules are actually written and it's like specifically if this occurs per the rule set of the way it's written it's a penalty and i was like okay it's a penalty i guess so um so now it's four four hulk Four points for Hulk with one penalty and two points. Two for points. Oh, because Cyborg, you get the, if you get the penalty for the fleeing, they get the points. Right. So it's two. So we're now we're playing a two-point game, but Hulk has some penalties here. That's right. So now it's like we got time left in the mat, and Cyborg's it's plenty like, of time. I got to get a takedown. That's it, and I'll win. Yeah. Word. So Cyborg absolutely just again goes like you can see him just. This was one of the highlights of the event yeah. for me. So he's able to spin around to Hulk's back off of a scramble, and they're both standing. And Cyborg proceeds to lift Hulk up and slam him back down on the mat repeatedly. Repeatedly. Dude, I think it was at least three times. And the only thing that was saving Hulk while he has a very angry Cyborg on his back was that he was popping his knees off. Mm -hmm. It was almost like like a WWF, like old school, like, you know, like they're getting close to the tap out. And then the guy like snaps out at the last second. Like that's what it felt like. Because Yeah. Okay. Because like it would be like, you'd get like a two second count and then Hulk would be able to like pop back up again. And then Cyborg would throw him back down to the mat. And then he'd like pop up again. Uh, Yes. It's like those wrestling things you're talking about, Emil. I too understand them very well. I'm just saying. But but it was like, but 
Hulk was doing a great job here looking at the rule set and like, look, if he's not on his knees, doesn't count as a takedown. Yeah. So he's like, he was staying up, he was tripoded up, and he's making Cyborg continue to try to like shuck him forward and lift him up. And Cyborg was like doing everything he could to get him to Matt to get those two so points. This, I think, I wonder if Cyborg did this deliberately now, but like he started, they ended up going towards the edge of the mat and then off the mat a little bit. But because it was in the middle of a takedown, the ref didn't want to like you know reset or anything and and basically hulk has his hands on the mat like almost like um doing like a, a yoga position or whatever and you know all the judo names don't know any of the yoga positions Emil. i don't yeah i have no idea doing a yoga position Emil. he's basically ready to do a granby roll in order to get out yeah um and he drops he, he does he drops he, he ends up doing roll. a granby roll he gets out and the ref Gives him a penalty and gives two more points to Cyborg. And this is where I was this like... This is where I had a little... No, the first like, penalty, I didn't have a problem with. The second penalty, I was like, man, that's kind of on the like, line. What Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, I guess you have to try to drag him back inbounds? And this, and this is why I want a bigger matted area. Yeah. Because these guys... Because, like... These guys aren't... They're not... And these guys... This did not look like a match where the guys were fighting on the edges. Right. Like, it looked like you had two guys that were like, whenever, wherever I can get the grip, I'm going to get it there. And that's happened to be where Cyborg got the grip. And, like, they're close to the edge of the mat. And Barbosa's defending. And he's not particularly, like, pushing himself. It didn't look like he was doing anything to escape. And then you're on the edge and Cyborg, and he's like, look, if I get pulled out, it's two. So I'm going to try to roll through and potentially go for a leg or come up or do something else to escape in a greater right. which is a completely legitimate defense right. from that back take grip that yeah. Cyborg has. In fact, we were just talking about Gary Tonin's uh, rolls. Yeah, out literally. Of- this, is a, this is the thing that Gary Tonin does all the fucking time. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's in wrestling, is, is that the funk roll? I can't remember. I don't know. He does their Paul Harris. Yeah, he does yeah. There's just Wagner versus Paul Harris. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is something we see him do all the time from this position. Somebody's trying to take his back and running behind him, and Hulk does it here on the edge of the mat. Gets out. And gets the penalty. And But, yeah, gets the penalty for it. So. And so Cyber gets the two, I, and then the Cyber basically has another, what, minute and a half, something like that? To, like, oh, stuff more the, than that. I think, like, three minutes. There was a lot I of time. It was, like, it was less nah, than I thought. it was three minutes, yeah. It was a lot. I remember being salty about this and then just being like, honestly, like Hulk had some time to try to like get two points. Huh, I thought for some reason in my head I have that as him having less time, but no, he we, had a substantial. Let's not time. go on me and memory because that's not so boring. Enough. Right. So um. So yeah, but, Cyborg gets the win here and looked honestly super exciting, like highlight reel of the moment. But like, yeah. definitely he looked good no matter what. Yeah, I was again. I, I was. I had to have to eat my words here for how I thought Cyborg would look. Yeah. Dude looked good and versus Hulk, like competitive. Yep. Like he has two weird in my head game planning things at the at the beginning where he like kind of seems to allow like a single leg with less resistance than I would expect. But after that Maybe turns it on you know? and gets it done. Yeah. So uh then we have the break. So yeah. we finished it. So we watch this and it's like okay cool. And then it's like a yeah, we will zoom at 4 p.m. Pacific's time. And I went... That's two hours. Wait, what? Two hours. So we had our semifinals match. So now we know we have Joao Gabriel Hosha versus Cyborg... Roberto Cyborg Abreu. I almost made his name Portuguese there for a minute. Um, and I was like, okay, haha. 
wait, am I supposed to like stay here or like my tuned in or like, and the, and Drysdale and Tyler Bishop talked for a little bit on the, on the camera on like, and they were like talking and I was like, okay, we're doing like a pre-show. We're going to do like something else. And I was like, then we kind of cut to like a master's mat and there was no audio and it was, then it'd be like, then the broadcast cut out and it was like, uh, what? I, I can't wrap my head around why this would be scheduled this way. And do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the match first, and then talk about this? Because the match is relatively yeah. We simple. can we'll, we'll so talk about we'll it. We'll talk about this weird thing. But so the match was fast forward Cyborg versus Draw Gabriel. I had was, to leave. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I expect none of me. I would not expect you to stay in my house for two hours and shoot the shit when you're gonna be at my house for like four hours on Monday afternoon recording the show anyway. Right. You had things to do on a Saturday meal. Right. Um, but I thought it was gonna be a quick event, and then all of a sudden, like they had this two-hour break, which I, by the way, I didn't know about beforehand. Yeah, no, there's no explanation for either of the intermissions. Like, so this was about nine minutes of pushing back and forth. Yeah. Um, Jaguar goes for like, like a darst throw. It wasn't. It was like kind of like a headlock. Yeah, it was like a throw. head and arm throw, and it was in the last like ninety seconds. It was clear like somebody got to do something. It, like it, it was, honestly wasn't a bad they throw had either. Two, they each had a penalty like really going like eight minutes and 30 seconds into the match mm-hmm. and just from standing. And so I think Jaw Gabriel was just trying to make something work. He got a head and arm grip and kind of tried to do almost like an alligator roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just, just drops on a drops, new Cyborg and like throws like him over. He can't, he wasn't able to get Cyborg to roll over enough. So he kind of just drops to his hips and... It was just and Cyborg turns on the next Cyborg year just and like, tries to pass, tries to pass, and like does enough and yep gets the decision. Never passes, yeah. but he gets to like an almost kind of doesn't get an ad, just does enough there in that in that one. I think in that one sequence right there to that was kind of the most action of the match. Yep, gets the forty grand. Yep, is your champion is your IBJJF heavyweight GP champion. Yeah, uh, Joao Gabriel Hosha takes home ten grand. As the runner-up, yeah. Huge payout. Happy to see you guys getting paid out, but man, this rule set and this event was... I just don't know what... Like, what were they trying to deliver? What, what was the product? You know, like, what are you trying to get out there? Like, it certainly wasn't for the streaming people, because... No. I, I well, could... St- I talked about it might be for the live audience. Maybe, yeah. I, it must have been, clearly. That's the only thing I can think about. Because as a streaming product, you know, as someone wanting to tune into, you know, what started off as, you know, one of the greatest lineups of the year outside of maybe ADCC only. I, you know, I can't think of. Dude, a, this got announced in January. The lineup was insane. It had Gordon Ryan, had Yuri Smose, had Bouchesha in it. Yep. Um, had like Muhammad Ali yep. in it as well. Yeah. So half your event dropped. Oh, Luke, um, no, uh, not Lucas Lepri, um Leandro Lowe was in it. Lowe was in it as well, yep. So you had you had more than half of your card drop off. And again, the guy, again, I don't have any problem with who they replaced it with. No, no, Everyone the, they replaced the, the it card with was, was dope. amazing. But it was just like, you announced it super far out. You had it a month, like 33 days, or 34, I think, 33 days in front of ADCC. Right. Which is like, guys don't want to get injured. That's why Yuri's out. That's why yeah. Gordon's out. That's yeah. why like a bunch of guys that would be in this are out. Yeah. And... Then you have a two-hour break. You have a twenty-minute intermission. So like, it's seven matches. It's it's seven matches, Emil. As as a streaming event, I could sit down with anybody, and I'm I would happily sit down and watch 
the event as it was streamed and say this is a bad product. It there's no there's no way around. It was unwatchable live. Right. That was the thing. It's like you had to literally it was more dead air than you had to action. literally leave and then come back to watch the final match. Right. A ten minute match, which was like I didn't watch a live. Yeah, like, no. I, I had things to do. I was like, okay, I didn't, yeah. pl- I didn't plan as, to as come back. As you said, it would have been better, you know, the next day or something like that. Yeah, even that, I talked about this before the recording. Like, yeah. even if you do, like, just the finals match, like, the next day, then it's like, cool, I can tune in, like, tomorrow. Like, it's weird, but it's like, having a two-hour break was just like, okay, I didn't, I, it's seven matches. Yeah. I didn't anticipate this being, what is it, four hours long? Yeah. Like, it was probably an hour and a half of jujitsu and then two and a half hours of... Well, all of them went the time limit. Yeah. So we had four plus the two... Plus the set, so yeah, seventy minutes of jujitsu. Yeah. Plus walk-ons, walk-offs, the thing. It, it was just, I, I don't know. I'm baffled how this event ran from a production standpoint. And you know, if it was just an event in isolation, it would be one thing. But there was forty thousand dollars first prize and a ten thousand dollars second prize. Fifty thousand dollars paid out of competitors. Like what? like what was what were you trying to achieve right like i don't know what the product was supposed to be it was super like it was it was probably the strangest thing i've seen in jujitsu this year yeah and i can't I don't, I don't have a i don't i don't i can't even wrap my head around what the thought process like who was this for right like i don't was it for the athletes there's a two-hour break there that's kind of weird was it for the guys at the venue? There's a two-hour break. That's kind of weird. Was it for the streaming? There's a two-hour break. That's kind of weird. Like, I don't get who they were targeting this event for. Like, I don't right. understand that. And that's, right. that's the strangest thing because, like, we watch so many – we watch all of the events, Emil. Yeah. And then I, I can always figure out, like, okay, maybe they missed the mark here or it's like there was an issue here. But so, for this one, it was just I can't figure out what they were thinking. This would have been – you know, if, if this had been, whatever, three or four months – separated from ADCC and as run as its own event yep. with like, you know, nice production quality. Yeah. You know, a little bit of fanfare. This would have been a marquee. If they event. did this like King of Mats. Yeah. Like UAE GGF does it. Yeah. Where it's like here's Or even your... Fight to Win. Like Fight yeah. to Win would have been a that great been awesome. Dude, imagine I can't imagine this is a fight to win. That'd been amazing. Yeah, dude. Like they wanted like a fanfare, subversive or something. That would have like, been awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, Music, walkouts, like fog machines, lights, you know, this is, that original lineup was just amazing. And we got a good card out of it. Yeah. But we could have had that as, just... as a standalone event. So I don't, I don't know what the timing was. Hopefully, like, the format gets, like, thought about a little bit and we, we have something different. But yeah, I agree. As a streaming event, it was not fun. So <laughs> yeah, that's bad. that's bad. I have nothing else to add. Yeah, that's it. All right, that does it. So let's move into the recap of episode two of the Shugio Invitational meal. This is the first time that you've actually got. This to... is the first episode that I've seen of Shugio. It's incredible. It is like particularly with how you and I watch jujitsu and consume yeah. jujitsu. It's the perfect, absolute perfect kind of all-encompass package of what I want. So, you know, just to recap the way that they did it was they basically ran a a small tournament with some incredible grapplers and they kept all of the results and everything like 
hush hush. I still don't know. That's, we don't know. We, don't know. we have no idea what the results are. Two has come out today on Monday, and they basically then took. It was a no time limit submission only. Yep, and they basically filmed it, obviously, and then. They it allowed them to really produce the shit out of it. So, so because there's no time sub only, like the matches can go like three hours long, but they cut it down. So each episode, and it's like it's a whole like cinematic episode. You watch like behind the scenes stuff they got coming there, and they also interview. They do like ask then, really good questions of the competitors, and then you watch the match. And they cut out all of the stuff you don't want to see from the matches, but they leave it sequential, and then you get to watch the match progress. Incidentally, the matches that have that we saw this week yeah. are only a couple, like or not a couple, but they are like eight to f- I think fourteen Ethan's minutes. Match was like a little over fourteen minutes, and I think uh, sorry, Corcorian's match was about almost a little fourteen, and Ethan's match was a little eight, almost nine. Yeah, yeah, and and so. You know, they're really not actually cutting that much out. No. But it's it's very well, well dude, paced. Week one, the match was like five minutes and two minute and a half. So, so like you're not cut you're seeing a lot of you're seeing everything I want to see from the match, I'm seeing. So it's it's more than a highlight reel, but it's very well produced, multiple angles, interesting lighting actually visual effects there's music that they Dude, the play along with it. i'm a big fan of like that style of music i yeah. love that like hip-hop like deep grunge it's yeah it's legit so let's talk about the one talk, so let's production side if you're not watching this event if you're not subscribed to shugio on the youtube page and Grapple do on it youtube subscribe and it's it's so good that you could probably show this to someone who doesn't watch grappling yeah. because it's just it it's exactly what we watched the episode again before we recorded this segment just now it's so good. and we was like this is really good yeah and then uh, a couple days after i think on monday, monday the episode's out and then on wednesday they dropped like the full matches so if you want to watch the unedited matches like the full time limit they're up there as well so so first matchup yep keith kakorian versus mac max rochkov and this match was phenomenal like yeah. max brought it to keith so hard oh, yeah. and keith like, talked about in his interview the after the, after the, the afterwards matches. was really fascinating so um so let's talk about the the actual match right now max had incredible takedowns in passing oh, yeah. and t- like it's like korean's guard at least three times yeah and flattens him out in side control you know but it's funny i was thinking about this so he's flattened out and you see keith like working you know, working 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 but it's no time limit. Yeah. If the guy's not subbing you, I can sit in side control. If like I'm not getting, if I'm not getting like, gassed out, uh, he's putting a ton of that's pressure. That's a big if. No, it, it's an if. But do I conserve my energy and rest if we're both resting in side control? Like I can sit there for five minutes, but it's not that big of an issue in no time with sub only. Right. So you see Keith like addressing it, but like. Not like actually bumping a move and like trying to stop the points because he's just like, look, I'll be here. And then like when I get an opportunity to move, I will move then. And it's like, oh, interesting. I'm happy I didn't have to watch it as a, like a live viewer. But on the like the way that Shugio does it was awesome to watch because you saw the meta like come together in like two minutes of this 15 minute match. Right. It was awesome. And then you see there were moments where, where Keith would sort of like bring it to Max, but Max is control and balance was he and had, like, timing. two was, nice heel hook entries like he had some nice inversion guard he was playing Keith, Keith did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did but Max, you could tell was like his his pacing game. his pacing, not just like grindy pressure, like fast pressure yeah. the like scary kind of Wrestler pressure. Wrestler pressure? 
Yeah, which is funny because I we saw this and I didn't I don't know much much about Max. I know a lot about Keith. I do now though. I'm I do like, now. I'm like, I watch and like this guy. we we watched the after match interviews, and you could see like Max, like just the way he presented, the way he like talked confidently, even though he lost and was submitted, he he has the air not only the pacing of a wrestler the air of a wrestler and then of course he's like yeah he actually talks about how stylistically different going up against a jujitsu guy is versus a wrestling guy okay and so you're funny like, thing okay is, he's he said a wrestler that yep. keith used to be a wrestler kokorian has a wrestling base like he incorporates when he wants to a pretty decent amount of wrestling i think yeah. that's, that's underplayed here everyone kind of thinks that keith's like a 10 planet guy it's like yeah he's actually got some pretty decent like wrestling and like control in wrestling he actually was a wrestler before yeah, getting 100 it's just it's more like that that wrestling mentality we talked about the mentality he's like uh i need to be attacking more not like, i need percentage. to i was attacking more and then he said yeah. he said as i get you know more experience in jujitsu he goes my percentage of like time on offense and attacking need will increase and that will help me in the future it wasn't that his argument wasn't that his attack rate will go up he's like my attack rate is high it's a lot higher than keith's which is true and he was like as my skill goes up the person that attacks more will win. Okay. That's what his argument was, which the logic makes sense. He, yeah. he says it confidently. Now, whether or not skill wise, you can catch up to someone like Keith. That's, that's a totally different thing, you know, because yeah. Keith is going to be developing and his, and his, as well. And his passing looked amazing. He his around, passing like, was from excellent. From a points perspective, I think he was probably up on He even points. said it. He was like, positionally, I dominated that. And yeah. he did. And not in a bullshit, like, uh, Oh, he was like on top and passing, whatever. He he got to side control oh, yeah. three times, I think. Um, but it was a really here's good what happened. Keith, it was so sneaky with this. He basically, when they were on a scramble, um, he gets the grip for kind of like an arm in. Like a chest on back, arm in guillotine. And he talks about it. And it was cool to hear him actually talk about how he was setting up. If you're If you like our show... Go back and watch this match and listen to Keith break down exactly what he did and why he did it. Because it was, it was, it made me giddy to it's, hear him talk. I was like, oh man, this is like the exact kind of analysis that I want. It was like, oh, oh, I yeah. do this, I mean, I do this. Then, and they, they, they edited it with the match footage of what he was doing while he was talking about it. So then the guy comes here and then I changed the angle. I used to change up like this, but because he did it's, this, it's so the, I rolled him over. It's the analysis of, of an actual, like, you know, competitor like high quality competitor what were you world class competitor who's talking exactly about like technique and tactics right like there's some broad strategy things that i can see i can't see tactics at all like i i just don't have that skill set to see tactically what they're doing like you know and even even a skilled black belt sometimes can't see what another skilled black belt is right. necessarily trying to they can a lot of the times especially if they're they're skilled but like it was awesome to hear that and it was awesome to hear max's thoughts on it and you can see just the two completely different mentalities in grappling which is beautiful it's it's awesome to see that so keith finishes him with a darce beautiful darce and basically rolls him over and then is able to like tech up onto the top with the darce and finishes like a mounted darce and it was dope we've seen keith finisher before but it was really cool to see uh Keith get that victory in that way because it was super highlight really. So next match we had Ethan Krellenstein, Ellen Krellenstein, yep, defeating Josh Balco via Bacalao, Bacalao via getting that face. Yeah, 
Holy shit, Ethan is... I love watching Ethan grapple. Yeah. I mean, like... And hearing him talk was really great, too, because he's... He... Confident? Confident. Didn't look winded at all. Like... He looked, at, the, at the beginning of the interview, he looked a little winded. Nah, at all. Uh, he looked like he had he'd done some, like light sparring or something it was cool like to hear him talk about some of the positional exchanges with the legs and talk about like how comfortable well, he is it was in those it was positions. really great because they started off asking josh what how the match went and josh was really humble and like i think had very earnest kind of like breakdown of what happened and was also it was true where he said well you know i knew that ethan was a great leg locker so i i didn't expect to be engaging with him on those but it it kept presenting himself for leg attack so i did it and he josh did an excellent job at attacking it and then it cuts to ethan talking about like yeah the way i attack the backs like leaves me open for this particular leg entry but i get put in that hundreds of times a week at Henzo's and hundreds of times a week at TriStar and at Henzo's and I was like he was like so it's fine (laughs) which is just like like yeah you know I appreciate the confidence it's it's funny to see that back and forth I mean I see what he's saying and there there are definitely it's like a dude attacking guillotine on me it's like I am there so often with when I put guys there and where I put my head like unless you're really good at that like I'm probably not going to get me with that because i'm super confident in that one position ethan's confident in this type of entry in this thing it was really cool right and then he talks about like oh but beautiful sequence to the back oh my in like kind of like not even like a scramble but like control and then ethan does the thing i fucking love guys to do is when he pummels his legs he pummels traps the arm he traps the arms and he like kicks you in the chest with it as he does it and then he's like he's like pulling the arms down with his feet as he's doing it so then you're trying to fight the hands out and he's already across the neck and the face and um josh's face is like bleeding a little bit and he gets the the choking as he does in transition and then squeezes and josh's mouth is still open with his tongue out and ethan's able to get the tap like the finishing sequence here was ludicrous it was beautiful um yeah i i'm so looking forward to the next episodes definitely tune into shugyo Mm -hmm. it's awesome it's great it's it's phenomenal because you can go to youtube you sit down if you want to watch it over a morning cup of coffee you do that if you want to grab a beer at night you do that it's great it's i think it's such a great way to deliver an event yeah i totally agree so did for episode two so also this weekend, Ace Submission Grappling had an event. Uh, their videos are coming out on their Facebook page. I think they're going to start getting more videos up on the YouTube page in the next couple of days, but I know they're up on Facebook uh, now. It's time for this recording, Monday, August 26th. Um, Owen O'Flanagan, some other people had some really fun matches on the card. Highly recommend that you go back if you're interested in that card. It's a nice UK event. Go back and watch it. So on to our preview of Polaris 11. This event takes place on August 31st in uh, Bridgewater Hall, Manchester, UK. This event is main evented by Fionn Davies versus Talita Alencar in a ladies uh, under 55 kilogram nogi bout. This is a lot of fun. Fionn Davies has been on a tear recently and Alencar has also looked really good. I want to say they've met each other before, but I don't know. I'm sure they have. Um, you know, I feel like... Um, Amir the- with, the, with the statement, I'm sure they have. Well, it's just... You have high-level women grapplers, you know, I feel like... That pool is relatively small. Exactly. Like, if you're active in competing in a similar weight class, like you, you know, you know especially before. across all the belt yeah. levels and stuff. Um, yeah, Fionn, 
again on a complete tear. I think at one point she was looking to grand slam, um, but did not uh, execute on that. I think she did. She missed one of them, but she missed, I think yeah, did she, she nogi grand slam. I don't know. I, I, I forget, know. but she almost grand slammed this last year. Person yes. to watch. We saw her submit uh, Gazer Matuda. I think the last one in a really, really exciting back and forth match that I thought she was going to get like got because Matuda knocked us something in the beginning. Really exciting. Uh, Alan Carr is a lot of fun to watch too. Um, tends to come out super aggressively at the beginning, so yep. that pair of Theon's style I think should be super exciting. It's going to be fireworks. Say, yeah, I want to say that the winner of this will probably be eligible for a belt. I want to say I would. It wouldn't surprise me to see an under fifty-five title for Polaris for one of these two ladies who wins this next matchup. So next matchup, anything else on that one? Mm-mm. We got Edwin Najmi taking on Mancher Kara. We just saw Mancher uh, at um, uh, Connectic yep. or Kinetic or yep. whatever it was called yeah. versus Lachlan Giles, and I've uh, got heel hook. So actually, funny enough, Edwin was also on Kinetic but didn't get to go. So we could have actually seen this matchup um, a little bit ago on Connectic. And we didn't. So this will be a lot of fun. Uh, Mancher, we've, we've finally seen him kind of looks like he's getting more active back into the super fight scene. We've yeah, seen we're him. starting to see him a lot more. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Edwin has, I think he's ADCC bound coming up soon. So yeah. this is a lot of fun. Edwin's looked really, really good recently. I think we saw him on... That's ah, going to kill me. I should have had his BJJ Heroes page up. I could have sworn he was on Fight to Win recently. He was on... Jo- yes. Yeah, yeah, he was versus uh, Dorino. I can't remember. I know, Josh was talking about he was SpongeBob. He talked about the entire time. That's all I can remember. That Every entire time. on that entire episode, all I remember is Josh explaining the SpongeBob story again. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Again, um, I kind of favor Najmi in this matchup, just based on like what we've seen from Kara recently. Kara, you know, was very good, but Najmi, I think, is is prepping for ADCC hard. I I think it's a push. I can't. I can't. Pick one or the other right now, so I could see it going either way. Next match we have Patty Pimblett versus Steve Ray. I think Patty is still the Cage Warriors champion at fifty-five. He might have gotten beat and lost that. I think he had a rough go there for a little bit, um, but I forget if he's the current champion. But again, known for grappling, those exciting like flash subs and like flying shit. So it'll be cool to see him. Super in, entertaining. Yeah, in a grappling match. I'm not too too familiar with Steve Ray, and that's probably because um I'm just blanking on it right now. Anything else on that? Nope. Next match, we have Marcos Tinoco versus Tommy Langacker. Yeah, these are two marquee names that yeah, we see all the time, especially dude. in Europe. We see Tommy all the time. Mm-hmm. So, dude, Tommy's looked real good. Like, somebody who said it best. It was, um, it was about Langacker's game, and it was Langacker is a dude that can pull a rabbit out of his hat at any time in a matchup. Mm-hmm. Like that dude can go from like losing a matchup to just like submit you, and you're like. How did yep. you do that? And I think with Tinoco, like Tinoco is like is another really dominant like, like grindy, yeah, yeah, grindy kind of dude. And yeah. like, so it'd be this is a really this honestly, I I think this is a yeah, this is the gee. This is a low key really fun match because both these guys are guys that kind of like really bring a pace and action. And I'm happy it's in the gee because I think both these guys shine in the gee. Yeah, I agree. and so it'll be really cool. Um, Certainly, I've seen more of Tommy in the gee. So yeah. I'm actually. I have no idea how to pick this one either. I like. I wanna. I. I wish I actually had. I mean, if you don't have a strong inclination, you don't have to pick one. Yeah. No. Well, I'm just. I'm always. I'm actually legitimately curious about this matchup because it's like it should be a really fun matchup. Yep. So next match we have Satoshi Ishii versus Aria Esfamaldez. And by the way, like if if the match if the matches are not clear, that's good matchmaking, right? Oh yeah. 
I know you love a like, squash like, match, but like, get blown out. like, yeah, no, this is like, yeah, I like, I like where I'm like, oh, this is a fun, like, I like matches where in my head I'm like, that guy's gonna blow. Like any match versus Gordon Ryan, unless you're like a select few group of guys, it's like, oh, Gordon Ryan's gonna crush this guy. Um, <laughs> but like, these are actually really, really good matchups. Yeah, and so because I, because I, I don't write off my hand, off my head, just go like, oh, that guy's gonna crush this guy. So, so we have Satoshi Ishii versus Arya Efsan. He's the guy that won the, I think, the ADCC trials in Europe. And I believe either was just announced as out or had a visa issue or might still be an ADCC. I don't remember, but I think that's the guy. So this should be a really, really fun matchup. We've seen Satoshi have some definitely some slower matches on the feet, but that dude has some good nogi judo that we've seen him implement before. So um, I would not, I could honestly see this one going either way. It's a catch weight at 110 kilograms nogi. Next match, we have Ben Dyson versus Nick Rodriguez. Yeah, it's funny how much we're starting to see him. like, Dude, everywhere. But that's... See, Nick Rodriguez, I think, is the poster child for the kind of guy I want to see in submission grappling because he is young, he's athletic, he's exciting, he pushes a pace, and he's taking it seriously, and he's on everything he can get on. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, almost like, what, every other weekend, every third we weekend, all we see him on now. a super fight. All the time. And that makes me like, if you want to be a professional grappler, you have to be competing and be competing frequently. This is one of the reasons why, like, for example, like Wagner Hosha is so amazing, right? Like, I remember you and Josh were like joking about it, but then serious, like being like, Mr. I think competition. every single week you guys brought his name we, up. We brought him, there was a time period, I want to say it was like almost like two, two and a half months or something. It was something. Where either we were, we were breaking down a match of his. We were previewing, previewing a matchup. Yep. So he never had a gap of more than a week between matchups. And it was a bunch of times. So he was like this thick week, 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 where it was like, okay, Wagner. So it's great to see Nick in the same. Yeah, because he's active. And like, yeah. and we're, you're getting to watch a guy. For me, as like an analyst, it's really exciting because you get to watch a guy develop his game in real time. You and get to like, see him in different positions too. Yeah, different guys matchups. Give him, yeah. Give him different things. And Ben Dyson is no joke. He's a dude that can really bring it to Nick. Yeah. So it's like, this is not necessarily just a, a matchup that Nick is going to walk through. Yeah. I think Ben's going to be able to test him in really specific ways, and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, next match, we have Chris Fishgold versus Liam Can. I think Chris has a couple highlights on Polaris. I forget exactly. Um, he's on. He's been on a bunch of Polaris cards, but he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then we, next match on the undercard, we have Jed Hugh versus Natasha uh, Georgian. I forget. I think Natasha won the uh, Polaris qualifier spot. Nastasa, I think. Is his name. One more time. Nastasa. What was I saying? Natasha. Why am I reading the names? Okay. That's on you, Emil. Um, Nastasa Georgian. I think he's the guy that we saw win the Polaris trial spot for the qualifier. So super excited to see him featured there on the undercard, basically winning his spot. I love promotions that do that um, because I like that it gives everyone their ability to win an invitation spot. Like, cool, you didn't get the invite, you won your spot. Right. If you want to go in, here's here's your avenue in there to, to say that, like, I can get in. As opposed to just being like arbitrary invitations only. So. Right. I like the I like the promotions like, hey, most of them are invitations because they're guys we want to see that showcase stuff we want to see. But here's the route. If you think you're good enough, get the invitation. Win Ideally, the invitation. I would love to see like qualifying, you know, because like. Well, some, that's, what, that's what he want, basically. No, 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 no I know. But I mean like all entrance, you know, like. Oh, like ADCC have, does it? Exactly. You know, Except, yeah. You, I mean, you, you need to build up a giant circuit for that. Um, Which is but, tough. 
Yeah, but I think certainly for you know events like Polaris is awesome. It builds a fun narrative, but I'm happy to oh, see yeah. that they have some. They like yeah. they're bringing guys in through that route where it's yeah. like you won your spot, you earned your spot on the on the preliminary card. So next up we have Lloyd Cooper versus Matty Holmes. We have Tommy Polkennen versus Marcus Flain. We have Adam Adshade versus Enrique Villasnor. Man, these European names always kind of tend to tend to crush us hard. Yep. Sean McDonough versus Tarek Hopstock. We have Kristen Mickelson versus Yas Wilson. We have Kiernan Davern versus Fred Greenall. Chris Walsh versus Nathan Jones. So that does it for Polaris. Looks like a real fun card. Um, I'm super excited. I'm a big-ass fan of Polaris because they put on some fun matchups that are, uh, that are awesome. Yeah. Anything else, Mail? That's it. That does it for Polaris. So on to our preview of Fight to Win 123 in Sacramento, 123 in Sacramento, California. I heard myself in my headphones and it completely threw me off. Happening on August 30th, uh, kickoff time is 8 p.m. Um, Pacific. East, no, no, East Coast. Oh, really? Yeah, because they actually do the thing on Flow Grappling, uh, so I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 8 p.m. Pacific would be a huge late start time. I was about to say. Uh, so it's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, a lot of fun names on this card. Uh, this card is laid out a little differently, so we don't have the black belts or the weights um, for the matchups, but we have a lot of guys that I'm super interested in talking about, so let's talk about it. The main eventing, we have Dante Leon versus Gabriel Argus. Dude, Dante Leon, I've talked about him plenty. He's one of my favorite grapplers to watch. He's super entertaining. Um, and very versatile. Um, he's, got a, he's got a good takedown game. He's got a good like bottom game. He's got a good, good type guard. Of, yeah, yeah. We've seen him submit man. guys off his back. We've seen him submit guys on the bottom, on the top. We've seen him like outpoint guys in wrestling. We've seen him versus Canudo. He brings action and pace, and he can go the entirety of the match at that pace. Yep. He also gave a really interesting interview. I want to say it was on. Um, um, Grappling Central podcast recently that I was out of a big fan. I've talked about like his upbringing and like how he's like not a wrestler, but everyone just thinks he's a wrestler because he's built like a wrestler. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought he was a wrestler. Yeah, and it just made me like I was like, oh yeah, I had that inclination and thought about him. Talk about moving from Canada, really cool. Uh, Gabriel Argus, um, another dope ass grappler that's yeah. I think really going to test Dante here. Yeah. And it'll be fun. We saw, we've seen we've him. Seen Gabriel Arges a lot in Fight to Win. So mm-hmm. you saw him versus Craig Jones in Grapple Fest too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a, this is a matchup. This is deservedly like I would, I would honestly kind of be surprised if it's not Fight of the Night. Yeah, I I also see that happening. Yeah, it deserves to main event the event. Uh, next one we have Angel Lopez versus Cassio Vernick. We have Jose Carlos Lima versus Samir Santre. That is a sleeper match. It's gonna be really good. That'll be awesome. We have too. Mark De La Cruz versus Derek Demi. Demano. Demano. We have Max Jimenez versus Felipe Bezerra. Uh, ooh, that's actually fun. Uh, we have Patrick Fernandez versus Robert Parks. We have Adam Dunkel versus Louis Moreno. We have Leo Silva versus Bruno Bittencourt. We have Dom Hoskins versus Hobson Rodriguez. Dude, eventually Dom and Troy are going to fight. Yeah. Like, both <laughs> those guys have over 20 fight-to-win experience, experiences, <laughs> yeah. appearances, and um, they're getting closer, man. Like, it's just, I just love seeing them. They're on, actually both on this card. We have Vince Barbosa versus Daniel Werther. We have Rich Flores versus Troy Everett. For once, Troy's not stepping in this late replacement. He actually has a matchup. That's right. So, um, dude, they're one match apart. It wouldn't surprise me if these guys go against each other soon. Like, I want to see it. Like, the two, the veterans. The veterans, The yeah. veterans of fight. Dude, they, fight to win has run 120 events. Both of those guys have 20-plus appearances. Yeah. So, every, like one, one in five. Six, one in yeah. five. Yeah. Yes, yeah, six. Because, no, yeah, because math. Six. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> gonna math them. One of the six. These guys are appearing on Fight to Win. Like that's pretty good. That's almost like once every month and a half. Yeah. Like literally within every two months, you're appearing on Fight to Win. That's that's crazy. Absolutely. Um, let's see. We have Brandon Alexander versus Damian Wright. 
We have Brooke Meow versus Joy Pendle. Ooh, Mayo. that'll be a yeah. that'll be a fun ass matchup. Uh, Pendle just got Brown uh, not too too long ago, but super exciting, fun fun grappler to watch. Um, Jaden Muller versus Stacy Councilman. Fabricio Silva versus Michael Mallet. Jacob Severn versus Ian Johnson. Trinidad Bautista versus Sean Joseph and Dan Dykeman versus Andrew Cheshmore. Dude, Dan brings that action. That's right. He's, so, this, this is a jiu-jitsu. I think this is a jiu-jitsu match, not a judo match. It's he a got, jiu-jitsu match, and hopefully, like you know, he's had some warning, you know, as yeah. opposed to doing a last-minute judo still, match. Dan it was is still entertaining. He's yeah. still gonna jump out and like throw a flying triangle or like a flying scissor Hell take down. Yeah. That's like the first thing he does in every matchup, and it's just like, all right, Dan, you do you. Yeah, and, dude, he's super exciting. Like he's the guy that I think probably more than almost any other guy embodies like the fight to win rule set, yeah. which is like push, go out and have fun, go yeah. out, have fun. Yeah. Push ridiculous action and try to sub from everywhere. Yep. yep. And it's like, cool. Like Troy does it a lot too, but Dan, like I feel like Troy goes out there and like tries to play his game. Yeah. Absolutely. Dan goes out there and tries to like, like, I'm just going to try to kill you. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like gamesmanship. Yeah. So a uh, big fan of both those guys. Big fan of everyone on the card. Big, big fan of guys from Team Sleep getting actual matchups on the card. Um, anything else on this one? There's a bunch of other match guys that are on the card that are super fun. Albert Toppy is on this card. Um, all the way through. We, again, we don't have the black up, the black belts and the brown belts, everything lined up this week. So um, I don't want to read through like just the rest of the names and just be reading names because that's super not friendly for the audio listeners and honestly with the video listeners too. So uh, that's all I got. Anything yeah, else? That's it. On the next one. So Fuji is also running a super fight in Philadelphia, um, I think this weekend as well, uh, on August 31st. So I'm not sure where it's streamed or if it is streamed, but it looks like there's some fun matches that we've seen up from different guys on it. So tune into that if, you, if you're able to find out where it's streamed. Um, so let's do the outro now. Yeah. So uh, what are you going on this week? Um, well, so I just got back from Puerto Rico, which was amazing um visiting family out there and like hanging out with family so this is it was an actual vacation the kind where That's you unplug awesome. and you're ready to come home my next adc my next vacation is adcc hell yeah and i am not vacation i'm buying a bunch of new equipment i'm looking at buying like cameras and looking at buying like mounts for like all the backstage interview stuff we're doing i'm trying to coordinate interviews for ADCC we're talking about like okay who do we want to interview on the show who do I want to interview like backstage who do I want to interview like after weigh-ins and I'm like oh god like there is so much to do and I'm talking like with all the guys on the team and you and like hey who do you want on the show because like I think for the show for ADCC I want to I think I might try to get guys in to like our like place we're actually recording um at in the evening to have like a guest on during those i'm not sure if we do that or do like a partial guest or something like that i don't know what we're doing yet um we're still kind of by the seat of the pants but we should have like be able to get four mics out there yeah. which would be me you potentially some of the guys we're staying with and then potentially like an adcc person or like a commentator like we're playing with a lot of different stuff but hopefully i'm going to have some interviews we don't do a ton of interviews but i might like to talk about adcc yeah. with someone on adcc on yeah the show. you know like pick their brains you know. yeah uh, it's always interesting to hear um, high-level guys talk about high-level stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my vacation prep and planning of just like, oh, it's not relaxing at all. No, but it's going to be super fun. Dude, it's going to be awesome. So when you find out? Uh, I think Thursday night. Okay, cool. Or Thursday during the day. So. Okay. Sweet, sweet, dude. That should be it. Should be so much fun. That's that's coming. That's upon us. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So last week on the show, uh, if you didn't notice, um, the audio if, it was a little weird. Last week's edit was a nightmare for the podcast because the video and the audio recorded at different clock speeds. 
So I had to go and retime every single section of video to match up with the audio. Oof. And I'm really hoping... Oh, also, there's a whole computer issue with, like, uh, the Mac updated. And then the thing I recorded on the phone was no longer compatible with the codec that the Mac could read. Amazing. So I had to airdrop it to Rachel's computer, convert it on her computer, then airdrop it over to my computer that could read it now, and then edit it from there. And it was still out of time. So it was just... It was... Uh, it was a nightmare. I was up till like probably like almost one thirty or two thirty on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday recording the show. On sorry, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday doing the show and doing all the edits. Ugh. It was a nightmare. So hopefully this week it turns out a lot better. But um, if I could get more sleep this week, that would be be much much better because last week's edit was just uh, atrocious. So what else you got, Emil? Anything That's else? It. That does it. So as always, I'm your host, Maine on the Grappling Rewind. I'm your co-host, Emil, on the Grappling Rewind. And we are the Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mats. I don't know why I did it like that. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.